morning, everybody. It's great to be here today, and uh, I'm just loving on that liquid sunshine out there. Are you warm, too? Is it warm in here? Yes. Would somebody be willing to open a window or two over there and maybe over there, and I'll just preach a little louder <clears throat> when the cars go by? Or though, you know how those, uh, those mean, awful log truck drivers honk their horns when they go by, right, Ryan? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So, all right. Hey, I got some clipboards here, and I got a clipboard here, dinner for six, more or less. Uh, Melissa is kind of coordinating this, and it says, dinner for six, more or less, will be an opportunity for the saints to get together for a meal once a month for, for three months in a row at three, three of their homes. Three family groups will be assigned as a set and will rotate hosting beginning, uh, before beginning, given the opportunity to sign up again and be assigned to a different set. If you're confused about this, so am I. I'm just reading it. But anyway, it's three families are put together and you get to host two other families at your place and then one of those other families hosts you and another family. So it's a pretty fun time. It's a, it can get kind of wild and crazy depending on what family uh, you are hosting or are being hosted by. Uh, the Parks and Georges have already signed up, so that's a family group of four. So anyway, it's really a good time. It's really a lot of fun. If you'd like to do that, just pass that around. And then we also have a cleaning schedule for July and August. And so if you'd like to participate in the fellowship that way, that would be great. That'd be wonderful. Uh, are there any other announcements before I do my my uh, weekly list, like Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday? Monday night, we have College Age, and we're going to have a guest speaker coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, uh, really an inspirational speaker. I'm pretty excited to have invited him, and uh, so he's going to share uh, his life story in regards to the power of, of habits and habit creation. And what are some of the factors that can draw you away from God and develop wrong habits? And so I'm really excited. Uh, I had to kind of finagle a budget a little bit to get him to show up. Uh, basically, he said he'd be willing to eat dinner for and give the, the presentation for free. Pretty stoked about that. So uh, you'll see in a couple weeks. We, I'm getting it all. Or that's not you. It's, you want to know? Well, that's a part of marketing is to get the, oh, I want to know. So anyway, so we're getting set up for that presentation. So the next couple of weeks, we're going to be laying out some, some uh, concepts in regards to habit development that will help prepare ourselves for our, our guest speaker. So I'm excited about that. So come on out tomorrow night, 545, if you're a college age or so. Uh, Wednesday night, do not be deceived. Bad company destroys good morals is a presentation that uh, uh, Jacob Compton is going to tackle. I'm pretty excited about it. He's uh, done a great... How many would agree? He's done a really great job up here with the prayer time. Yeah. All right. And Dad kind of roped him into to doing the lesson on Wednesday night, but he's a good sport. And uh, he said, okay, Dad. And so I'm getting to coach him a little bit. It's pretty fun. And uh, so he'll do a good job. I'm, I'm excited about that. So uh, Wednesday night... Uh, online, uh, or unless you want to come over to our place and hang out, that'd be great at the Compton Homestead. Starts at 7 o'clock. Thursday night, ladies study, and uh, ladies study this week, right, Melissa? Okay. And let's see, we need to sing happy birthday to a couple folks. 
that we missed. And, and that would be the two of the Finneman uh, crew, uh, Luke and Grace. Uh, we did, sang to Audrey, and Audrey, you were so cute sleeping there as we sang to you. It was awesome. But uh, both Luke and Grace are fully awake. Is there anybody else that we can sing to in Embarrass? Gabe, did you skip last week so you didn't have to get sung to? Oh, today. All right, man. Now you're what, 18, right? 17. Oh, that's close. Okay, that's great. That's great. So when you turn 18, you're responsible for everything. And man, look out. <laughs> that's great. So we got we got three now. So Gabe and Luke and Grace and? I'm going to be 17 also. Yes. When are you turning 17? Friday. Friday. Okay, Friday. Well, congratulations, brother. Yeah, repent later of that. <laughs> man, you look really good for 17, man. <laughs> All right, so we got four in the house. Anybody else? It's got to be this coming week, or if I was neglected and missed or wasn't communicated to, uh, we're going to sing happy birthday. And by the way, you know what, the, merce, you know what the, the definition of grace is, grace? You know what the definition of grace is? The definition of grace and mercy is not having you come up here and stand while we sing to you. That's mercy, isn't it? Would you agree? Okay, good. So I'm merciful today. All right, here we go. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you today. Happy birthday to you. All right. Well, I have to share with you, I don't have any purple slips, uh, words of encouragement. Let me just share one with you. I am so thankful for all the great encouraging words that I have received uh, by not just this congregation, but by many others for seeing the importance and value of uh, uh, commissioning men to specific positions of leadership. We're having our first leadership meeting today, and we're going to be talking about uh, the need for other folks to uh, call them into specific ministries. Uh, that's one of the things. Uh, you know, the church here is really quite amazing if you think about it. How many of our people can stand up and preach? And preach not all the same way. Each one is gifted, individually unique, talented, and they bring to the body of Christ a very special way of, of teaching by way of, of uh, preaching or lessons. But you know what's more important than that, honestly? is It's kind of cool, and it, this is no reflection on Ken, it's kind of cool that we're so excited about talking with each other before the assembly that Ken can't get us to settle down. Now, you know a church is alive when people are so excited about talking with each other and sharing and getting information. Uh, it really does mean that there's life here. You see, it's important for us to recognize that although we have been given the amazing, perfect will of God in book form, the more important presentation of that is the gospel manifest in how we love and encourage and build each other up. Because we were called to be of the manifestation of truth, the manifestation of Christ. That's what the scripture teaches and so it's important for us to recognize the blessing that we have here of so many good people willing to step up and live the life and, when called upon, 
share the truth. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This Wednesday is potluck. Thank you. No, 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 that's cool. So if you want to come uh, have potluck at our house, at the Compton house, please bring your favorite dish and share. That would be wonderful. If you never come to a family fellowship Wednesday night, it's a great time. And uh, you know what? I would love to do a fire pit if the weather permits and you can stay a little bit longer. So it's, and it's, we got this brand new fire pit. It's so cool. So anyway, we're dying to share it. Okay, thank you. All right, so that's my word of encouragement. Anything else? It's been so long I feel like I've been in the pulpit. I'm not sure what's next. So let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And you've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light that we might be a holy people also. But oftentimes we get this weird understanding of what holy means, and that means untouchable and, and judgmental, and, and that's not it at all. Father, you've called us to be the very manifestation of your Son in the flesh, that kindness, that compassion, that gentleness, that mercy, that grace, that patience that we see in him is manifest also in us if we walk by faith and not by sight. Father, this morning I pray that as we once again go back and take a look at love, the love of your Son Jesus Christ manifests through us, the power there is to draw people into the life of Christ, into a purpose, a meaning, a reason for living, and also to, Father, powerfully serving you. Help us to see that today, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians in chapter 13 this morning. It's a passage of scripture well known by many. And really it's a passage of scripture that I preached on at length uh, several years ago in 2004. And so in, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, I want to begin in verse 1 again and read down and include verse 8. Verse 8 this morning. Because actually, the lesson is on verse 8. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and, and know all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Now love is patient, love is kind, and it is not jealous, love does not brag, and it is not arrogant, love does not act unbecomingly or rude, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, love hopes all things, love endures all things, love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. It's 15 years ago. Just over 15 years ago, I preached my first lesson 
on love to this congregation. And you know, it ended up in a couple year series on love. And then a few years after that, I realized I hadn't done the job that God uh, has in his word in regards to love. And we preached another couple years. And so here we are again. We are looking at one of the three foundational pieces for perseverance in this life. The first is faith, the second is hope, and the third is love. Now, notice, if we take a look at verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13, but now faith, hope, love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. When is our need for faith going to end? When is our need for faith going to end? When we walk into heaven. For faith then will become sight. We'll be face to face. We'll be together with Jesus. Body, soul, and spirit renewed. When is hope going to end? Same time. Because we hope for that which we do not see. We hope for heaven. And we had a great lesson today in the young men and young women's Bible class. The evidence is overwhelming that we are created by an infinite, awesome, all-knowing, all-wise God. And that evolution is an absolute lie. The truth and the evidence, the absolute, absolute hard evidence is found everywhere in creation. And so heaven is coming. And our hope for heaven has great evidence to it. So guess what? When we arrive into heaven, if we have done well according to God's word, God's will, we're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. But if we do not have faith and we do not have that hope and we live for ourselves selfishly, Heaven exists whether you believe it or not. And the sad fact is, for those who deny it, they will come face to face with the stark reality of it when they pass. So it's important for us to understand that love is a critical and I believe most important pillar in regards to our perseverance right up into heaven where we can love perfectly as we have and are perfectly loved. Now, how many know this statement? God is love. How many know that one? God is love. It's in more than one passage. Who hates God more than anyone or anything? Who hates God more than anyone or anything? The devil. So who hates you loving like Jesus? The devil. He wants you to hate your enemy. He wants you to, to push back against those who would push and put pressure on you. The devil wants you to break ranks and not love like Jesus Christ loves. Now I want you to turn with me to the book of James in chapter 1. James chapter 1, a very important verse, verse 12. Listen very carefully to what verse 12 says. There's three important parts to James chapter 1 and verse 12 regarding love. And the devil wants you to break ranks and he wants you to hate and he wants you to fight back and he wants you to abuse those who abuse you. 
He wants you to step into his arena and fight the way he fights. We can't do that. We need to fight the way God has equipped us to fight. Our weapons, it says, are powerful to destroy every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge and the life of God. And love is one of the most powerful tools that we have. Look at James chapter 1 and uh, uh, verse 13. Very important statement here. I'm Verse 12, excuse me. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, once he's proved himself to be strong, he'll receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. There's a crown for you if you continue faithfully, unmoved, absolutely resolved to love Jesus Christ. They say, well, that's easy to do. Jesus is very lovable. Well, that is true, but remember, Jesus says, when you've done it to the least of these, sacrificed yourself in love, you've done it unto me. It's easy to love our kids, even when they're unlovable. Can I get an amen on that one, parents? Amen. That was a little slow on the draw, but that's okay. We know it's true. You'll never stop loving your kids. Even when they kind of go south, you're still going to love on them. And by the way, kids, just know when you pull a knucklehead, it grieves your parents like you will not know until your kids do it to you. <laughs> That's just how that works, man. I grieve my parents a lot. I never even thought one moment about it until I became a dad. And then I'm telling you what. It's a white-knuckle job sometimes. For those who are parents, you'll know sometimes being a parent is a white-knuckle job. And so it's so important for us to recognize that in order for us to love Jesus, we need to love others, including our enemies. Mm, I'd encourage you to read Matthew chapter 5. You know what it says in verse 48? In verse 48, you know what it says in verse 48? Does anybody know what it says in verse 48? Be, your, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You know what the precursor verses are? Love your enemies and so prove yourselves to be sons and daughters of God. Therefore, be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You mean I need to love my enemies? Well, yes, that is really what it's saying. What does that look like? Well, the Bible's filled with examples. So you know what? It's easy to love each other in the body of Christ. It's easy to love kids and family. It's easy to love those co-workers that are kind of like you and enjoy being around you. But how many have ever had some co-workers that are like, man, God's putting me to the test. Well, I'm sure all of us have had that experience. The reality is, is true love is born out in loving those who are unlovable. Just like you were, just like I was. Before we were Christians, there was nothing in us worthy of love by God except for God is love, and that's his character. So he loved me in spite of myself and died for me and you on a cross because he loved us. And his father put him on that cross because he loved us. 
Now, I want to get into the lesson today, and I think it's so important for us to recognize that love never fails. God never fails. And your use of love as a powerful spiritual tool will never fail. People can walk away, but love will convict and draw people to Christ. You don't have to judge people and damn people. In fact, I never see Jesus in the scriptures when he was in a physical body ever condemning. Was he discerning? Absolutely positively. Did he determine whether someone was a Christian or not? By the way, that is a form of judgment. Yes, he engaged people who were not yet Christians, who were not yet followers of his, because he understood they had a sin issue and he was the only one that could help them. But did he damn judge that woman who was caught in the very act of adultery? Did he? Absolutely not. He gave her a second chance. Did he say, oh, go ahead and commit adultery all that you want? Is that what he said? No, he did not. He said, go and sin no more. He saved that woman from certain death because adulterists should be stoned to death according to the Old Testament law. Jesus did not condone it, but he did not condemn it. He discerned, discerned, judged, that she needed help. And he helped her in the moment and said, go and sin no more. It's easy for us to judge. Oh, I've been baptized and I know all this stuff. Be careful. Do you see Jesus doing that? I don't see Jesus doing that. I see Jesus helping people who are bound up in sin and so desperately messed up. What about the woman who came and was weeping and washing his feet? She was the town prostitute. And what did Jesus do? Oh, sick, get out of here. Is that what he did? What did he do? He took the guy that was a hidden sinner in his heart and said, you know what? Tradition says that you should have given me a kiss when I entered in, a holy kiss on the head. You didn't do that, Simon, but she hasn't ceased from kissing my feet. You were supposed to give me water to wash my hands and wash my feet, but you did not. She has not ceased since she came in weeping and wetting my feet with her tears and wiping my feet with her hair. He said, who has uh, loved little is forgiven little. And he who is forgiven much loves much. See, you see, you need to recognize and understand how important this love thing is. Satan hates love because love converts even the most darkest heart. We need to recognize that. Now, you know what? Jesus here is in the world right now. Jesus is in the world right now. Jesus has a body. And that body looks like you and it looks like me. We are the body of Christ. So the love of God is manifest through us. And so it's important for us to recognize that. And so this morning, as we take a look at love never fails, it endures we need to recognize exactly what does it mean that love never fails. I looked up the word fail. Grab your lesson plans there. Love does not fail. I have it underlined. Pipto is the Greek word. Like, who cares? Okay. You want to know what the word means, obviously, but how to say it. I probably said it wrong, but it doesn't matter as long as I live it. Here's what love is. This kind of love will never fail. Are you ready? It means to, to, to fall down and give way to. If I'm going to fail, I'm going to fall down and give way to my carnal desires. 
But if I love, I will not do that because I know that my life and the lives of those around me depend on me loving them without fail. Without fail. If I fall down and I give way to my selfish desires, the love of Jesus Christ is not manifest. Who wants you to trip up? Who wants you to fall down? Who wants you to give way to your carnal desires? Not God. The devil does. Why? Because then people don't see the love of Jesus Christ in you. It's important then, brethren, to understand that you have the ability to say no. This last week on Friday, I met with a very, very good man. Really a, a really solid man. He's reached out to me. He's asked me to pray for his wife. And, and of course, I would do that. And I did that. I didn't know all the particulars, but uh, really a good man. And uh, I was talking with him on Friday and he said, you know what this world needs? And he said it, not me. He said, this world needs a revival. The church needs to catch fire. And I said, amen, amen, man. That's absolutely right. He says, the problem is, is that we're all sinners and we're just going to be hypocrites. And so that's, it really is frustrating that we're just all sinners and it's, it's tough. That's not what the Bible says. I was a sinner, but now I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. The Bible never references Christians as sinners, but always as saints, as holy ones of God, as sons and daughters of God, filled with the Spirit, empowered by His Spirit to walk in the newness of life. Can we love like Jesus then? What's the answer? Yes, absolutely we can. But we need to determine that love never fails and we're going to love even though our selfish desires are, man, I got to get back at this guy and teach him a lesson. That's what the devil wants you to do. So it's important in, in, in Thayer's, the Greek dictionary, it means to blow or burn down. To fail means to blow or burn down. Now who wants to burn down your life? Who wants to blow you away? Who? The devil. The devil. Take a look with me in the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew and chapter 7. This is a very important passage. And I want you to do your own Bible study on this passage of Scripture. And, and, and again, I'll tell you what, it's going to revolutionize your thinking. Take a look at Matthew and chapter 7. And uh, I want to look at the last few verses. Verse 24 uh, and 25. Verse 24 and 25. And I've done an exhaustive study on this very passage of Scripture. And again, it's amazing what is being said here. You have to do some digging. But if you do some digging, you're going to see what I found. Take a look. Now, we're looking at the word fail, but actually the word fail means to fall, to, to burn down or fall down. And so take a look here. Verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus says, and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now look at verse 25. The word fall is the same exact Greek word as love never falls. Love never fails. Love will never be knocked down. Love will never be overcome. There's power in love. 
And the devil doesn't want you to know that. Take a look. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and yet it did not fall. It did not fail for it had been founded on the rock. You want your life to be rock solid in service to Jesus Christ? Well, guess what never fails? Love never fails. You want to be successful in serving the Lord Jesus Christ and drawing all people unto him, not yourself? Love never fails. Brethren, that's so important. That blew me away when I was thinking about that. Oh, by the way, do your own study. What is the wind in the spiritual realm that wants to knock you over and destroy you? Every wind of false doctrine wants to destroy you. Where does false doctrine come from? Come from the devil. Back in the old, back in uh, the book of Revelation, book of Revelation, the devil has a river that comes out of his mouth. What comes out of the mouth of the devil? Lies comes out of the mouth of the devil. This verse here, the river slams against the house and the wind slams against the house. And guess what? The devil's lies. You know, and that man said, talking about Christians, we're all just sinners. We're just going to be hypocritical. Where did he get that? From the Bible? He didn't get that from the Word of God. Yes, it's true, hypocrites keep people out of the church and away from God, but Christians do not have to be. They are empowered, and if they're given the right mindset, they can powerfully overcome and draw people into the church, draw people into heaven through love. So these sermons, the devil doesn't want you to listen to. These sermons, the devil doesn't want you to process or use. He wants you to check out on these sermons. Don't check out. Embrace it. Now you have to understand, when you do that, there's going to be some pushback. Well, let me finish really quickly here. Love never falls, never fails. Vine says, falling into ruin or failing to fulfill its purpose to reduce to inactivity, to no longer be of service. Think about that again. Satan wants you to fall into ruin and to be feeling like you failed everybody and you failed in your purpose as a Christian. He wants to reduce you to inactivity. He wants to, to keep you from serving God because you're so discouraged. That's what the devil wants. But love never fails. God never fails. Love never fails. And we are sons and daughters of God, filled with the Spirit of God, able to love like God. The world needs to catch fire with revival, but the church has to be revived first. The church has to realize who we are and what we are able to do by the power of God. I tremble to ask you to pray for me when I ask you to pray for me that I would find an hour a day to write the necessity for revival and the fundamentals for a revival. And it starts with you first. You have to humble yourself before God. You, church, have to embrace the truth of God's word and so embrace it that you live it. And then those around you will see it. 
and will be drawn. Love endures. We looked at that last, last week. Love endures. Remember the word endure? Hupomeno. To remain steadfast. To abide. Not leaving or fleeing. A position. Like in a military, in a military uh, 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 battle. You're not leaving your position. You're holding and moving forward. That's what it's actually talking about. It says here, to remain means to persevere under trials, to hold fast to one's faith without wavering. Look at Romans 12. We need to recognize this is the character quality of love in our lives. Romans in chapter 12. And this gentleman that I spoke with last Friday, again, is a good man. He's faithful as much as he understands to be faithful. And I will come alongside and work with him to help the people in our community, and that's what we're doing. But he's been taught something that's limiting his ability to really make a huge difference. He feels like he's always a hypocrite because he feels like and has been told he's a sinner. Unfortunately, the devil has put a kernel of a lie in there and has manifested itself in this discouragement, like, oh, we need to pray for revival, but how it will ever happen? Look at this passage of scripture, Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Brethren, you know what? If we were just to look at that passage of Scripture and we would embody that passage of Scripture, the transformation that would happen in our world, wherever you live, whoever you work with, whoever you go to school with, you would transform your circle of influence. And all of these circles of influence are going to transform more. We can change the culture. It's the person that says, they can't do anything. That person is a roadblock to moving forward. So it's important for you to recognize the truth of the power of love. Look at another one. Let love be without hypocrisy, pure. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 10. These are all about endurance, the enduring presence of love. Matthew in chapter 10, verse 16 through 22. Matthew 10, verse 16 through 22. Beautiful passage of scripture here. Very important for the war effort that we've been called to. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd, wise as serpents and innocent in your motives as doves. Be, be aware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts, and they'll scourge you in the synagogues, and you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them, to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how, how or what you are going to say, for it will be given to you in that hour that you are to speak. For it is not you who speaks, but it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Brother will betray brother to death and father his, his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. He will be hate, you will be hated by all because of my name. 
but it is the one who endures to the end who will be saved. Brethren, there's going to be a push against those who love like Jesus. Nero tried to stamp out and exterminate the church. Why? Because they manifest who he actually was. He was an insane man, dictator, filled with evil. Now, I'm not saying we have anybody like that in the world today. Wink and a nod. We just need to recognize, brethren, that the devil is going to push back when we stand up in love. So expect it. What does James say? Blessed is the man or woman who perseveres under trial. For once they have been proved, they've been tested, and they've stayed strong. They'll receive the crown of life because they have loved God and have loved like him. Well, let's look at a couple more and then we'll finish this lesson next week because I don't want to lose you because the second part is better than the first. All right, take a look here at James 1.12. Well, we just quoted that. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. And we've looked at this many times, but still again, where's your focus? Where's your focus? I turned on my computer this morning to type up my lesson. And the first thing that comes up on my string is a bunch of stinking ads because I wanted to send this out to everybody via email. And one of the pop-ups was, I won't tell you, it's so discouraging. It's just absolutely crazy. There's pumping our heads with the negativity because they want to what? By Satan's design, discourage us. You know what? The kingdom of heaven is getting, or the kingdom of God is getting to heaven. That's you and me if we're faithful. And they want us to be so discouraged we won't do anything about inviting people to come along with us. Inviting people through a sacrificial love. Brethren, it is possible. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, designer, literally, and perfecter, finisher, of faith. He designed our faith and he lived it and perfected it and he's given it to us. Who for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Jesus who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. Why? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know what Satan wants you to do is to give up loving people. He wants you to give up when ugly, angry, awful, Satan-driven people, they don't even know they're minions of Satan, are treating you terribly. He wants you to give up. Yay, give up, Christian, because you're a loser. No, you're not. You're a son or daughter of the living God. Look to Jesus. He's the one that drew your faith, wrote about it, and he lived it and finished it. It is possible to love even your enemies. Want me to prove it to you? When Jesus was hanging on the cross and the men who decided that he should die by secret trumped up kangaroo courts, there were four of them, all evil men. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They knew what they were doing, but they really didn't understand who God was, even though they were religious men. What about the soldiers, the Roman soldiers? They were just doing a job. 
Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. How about all the people that were, because of social media, taught to hate Jesus? <laughs> Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What about the guy on the cross that was hurling, both of them were hurling abuse. Just nasty, vile. You can only imagine. And one changed his mind. And what did Jesus do? Don't worry. Because I was that guy, I changed my mind. Because I use the Lord's name all the time. I wanted to live for myself and Christianity got in the way. I hated it. I was that thief on the cross. And I said, will you remember me when you come in your kingdom? Will you forgive me, Lord? Help me to become a Christian. Help me to understand. What did Jesus say? He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's the great love of God manifest in desiring all men to come unto heaven with him. That's the kind of spirit. That's his spirit that's in you. That's the example, the author and perfecter of faith shown over and over and over again. That's who we are, brethren. That's what we can be. And so we are called to be the very love of God in the world today. Now, a lot more lessons to come. Next week's going to be a great lesson. Don't lose your lesson sheet. Keep this lesson sheet, and we'll continue to build. And it looks like it's a short, short little shorty piece. It's not. You know me. All right, so come back next week, and we'll continue to build. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for the time that we could spend together today. Help us to be the manifestation of your love towards others in this world. Father, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and your salvation is an invitation to all. So anyone, anyone who's willing to humble themselves, and as that woman who, who uh, wept and washed your feet, anyone is welcome to you regardless of what has been done in the past. Father, I pray that you would help us to be that kind of love that would help people to see. They don't have to be held captive by the devil to do his will anymore. They don't have to be destroyed by the degradation of sin and all the guilt and ugliness that comes along with that. They can be set free. Help us to show them they can be set free. Father, we pray by loving them like your son Jesus. Amen. All right, let's stand together. Let's stand together. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go out and love them. Thank you. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.